Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Let's do this. That's right. This is Tracy Harrell, and you are tuning in to Bigger Than Me, and I am so excited today. I have two amazing guests. I have attorney Jesse Weinberry, who's also a past state representative in Washington. Tracy, it's great to be with you. It is so great to have you here. I'm so excited. And Miss Julia... Pronounce your full name, please. Julia Bobadija Melby. I love that. I love that. And you guys are here. We're just going to say why you're here, and then we're going to talk a little bit about who you are and then kind of go a little deeper into the story. So why are you here today, Jesse? Well, the main reason I'm here is to uh, let all of your listeners know that we have an important uh, voting opportunity coming up, and uh, you can know it by a simple phrase, approve I-1000. Uh, you're going to be getting your ballots pretty soon if you're listening from within Washington State and if you're a registered voter. And you're going to have a chance to vote for to uh, pro- prohibit discrimination oh. against women, against uh, people of color, against people based on their age, mm-hmm. uh, against uh, uh, people because of their sexual orientation, protecting the LGBTQ community. Uh, uh, to protect veterans who are quite often are discriminated against, and finally, uh, small business people. Mm. And so we're looking to uh, approve I-1000 on Referendum 88, and by doing that, we keep fair opportunity in Washington State. I, I love that. I, I love it so much. And the, the, the purpose of this show, Mike, as you know, we have a, a very simple vision. I'm going to see if you can tune into. Um, show our, our, our overview of our vision, uh, what we do on this show is we help dreamers realize their dream. We turn hope into how. And we want to build on the power of purpose, destiny, and legacy. And that's what you guys are doing. I mean, you guys are you're engaged in major initiatives that are going to change lives, make help dreams to come true. Like, major. This is a big deal. So I'm excited to have you here, Mike. I don't know if you can show our vision. And what I really like about this is you're good people doing great things. So what I talk about in my mission statement is we use technology, community, and positive psychology to help good people do great things. And so I have you guys here, amazing people doing some great things. So let's talk really quickly about who you are. So some people may not know. You're, you're a bit of a legend here in Washington State. But, you know, I moved here five years ago, and I, I kind of stay out of the political realm 100%. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are? I know you were a state representative for 10 years and some of the things you've done, your claims to fame. Well, I don't want to take a lot of time from Julia, but uh, in a nutshell, I'm a native-born son of Washington State. I was born here. I went to school here, public schools. Uh, and uh, uh, probably the most uh, transformational part of, of, of my life journey is that uh, I had a speech impediment. Oh. I had a lisp, 
and it was my second grade teacher that first discovered it. Uh, her name was Mrs. Stokes. And uh, on the first day of school, uh, during recess, I had been teased by the, the same kids that teased me in kindergarten and first grade because they called me Sylvester. And the reason they called me Sylvester <laughs> is because I spoke with a lisp. <laughs> and, and so they, there was a cartoon, uh, Sylvester and Tweety Bird. I, I remember that. And Sylvester was the cat, and he used to always say, suffering fuckatash. <laughs> and so they come up to me and they say, Jesse, say suffering fuckatash. Oh, kids because, can be so brutal. Right. And so she overheard that. And uh, she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, uh, I, Mrs. Stokes, I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> so she, she said, well, you're not going to get there <laughs> talking like that. So I'm going to assign you a speech therapist. And this lady uh, in a white schmuck used to come every day uh, and pull me out of class. And she used to work with me on pronouncing my S's and my C's and my TH's. And over the course of that year in second grade, I went from being Sylvester to people finally calling me by my name, which is Jesse. And from that point forward, I'll never be able to thank Mrs. Stokes enough for wow. giving me my voice. Wow. 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 That's powerful. We clearly did not rehearse. That was a, there, we had lots of questions we were going to talk about. I did say, Jesse, I want to personalize you, but that was deep. Well, Thank that, you for sharing it, that. It's, it's true. I mean, uh, without Mrs. Stokes, I'm not a lawyer. You need, you need to be able to speak as a lawyer. I, uh, in sports, I was a quarterback, so you had to be able to communicate, communicate with all of your uh, linemen and running backs. This is true. That, w- that wouldn't have been fun in the huddle. Uh, you know, <laughs> Come on, you guys. Let's, 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 Stop let's go with playing. And so, and so, and I've been on radio. I've been a news reporter. I work for ABC News. And, and, and I've been, as you said, mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the House of Representatives. And you need to be able to obviously speak and communicate with people in all of those professions, none of them would have been possible without Mrs. Stokes. Mm. So let's do a call out to all the teachers out there yes. who are often underpaid and underappreciated. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for all that you do because, to your point, it's one teacher can change a life. Yes. yes. So thank you, Mrs. Stokes. Mrs. The well, little Jesse, it's Mrs. Stokes. <laughs> And uh, Jesse. today's Jesse, it's Mrs. Stokes. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. No. So we, we're going to go, um, quick introduction to Miss Julia as well. Julia, can you just tell us a little bit about your story? I know you said that you came here um, and you, you, you talked about your parents. Can you talk a little bit about that freedom fight that freedom. you were originated from? Sure. Uh, so my father was part of a civil war that took place in Chile when Nixon was trying to eradicate socialism. It was in the 70s during um, Salvador Allende and Pinochet was a dictator put into uh, Chile. Wow. And he was killing a bunch of people. He was held, holding them captive, torturing them. He wanted to torture my father. So my father fled to Peru. And that's where he met my mom. They had me. They had applied for political asylum to both Australia and Canada. Those were the two countries that were accepting um, people. And we got accepted by Canada. So here I was, about two years old, two and a half years old, and we fled to Canada. And something people don't realize when you're refugees is you leave behind so many things. Uh, It was hard to keep in touch with family, especially Mm. during a civil war. And so we lost touch with a lot of our immediate family. Mm -hmm. We didn't have anything, just went out to Canada, and it was northern Canada in the freezing cold. And I grew up near Winnipeg. 
And um, it wasn't until I had uh, moved out to Vancouver, B.C. to pursue an acting career was when I decided to go back to university. And my mom and stepdad had moved down to Wilmer, Minnesota from Canada to pursue work. They found work down there, and they said, well, why don't you come live with us for a bit while you go to school, and we'll help you pay, pay for school. And I, my intention was to just come down on that F1 student visa to go to school, but then, you know, when your brothers get families and, you know, you meet mm. people, I decide to stay. And uh, from, from that, how that ties in with my involvement with I-1000 is, you know, upon moving to the U.S., it took about a year to get pulled over by a police officer because of having a Latino last name. It's also called uh, driving while brown, you know. And I'd never experienced discrimination before. In Canada, it was cool to be from somewhere different. And I had heard about some discrimination taking place in um, the U.S., but I didn't think that it would happen to me until it actually did. Mm. And from then on, I started really making sure that I advocated for people who didn't have a voice. A large, mm. There was a large Latino community in Wilmer, and I started bringing attention to the racism that was in the law enforcement at the U- University of Minnesota, where I transferred to in Minneapolis. I was also part of um, La Raza student organization, mm-hmm. helping make sure that there was diversity uh, on campus, and we had proper schooling and courses on Latino heritage. I love it. And so now with I-1000, I moved to the state two and a half years ago, and I had uh, gone to an event put on by um, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion where they Mm -hmm. brought in um, Maxine Waters Mm. in. And um, I went to that, and I found out that Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion were uh, part of their mission was to put into uh, office and to support people of color and underserved representation represented people into office and so I got on board with that group and they were they're one of the sponsors of uh, initiative mm. I-1000 and one of the things with initiative I-1000 it one prohibits age discrimination I know I'm looking to go back to school mm. and I don't want to be discriminated by one of these public education entities and with being a woman I-1000 prohibits gender discrimination as well, too. And with being a woman that's going to be going into a field that's primarily men, mm. I don't want to be making just 80 cents to the dollar of a man. I'm All sick right, of that. All right, can I get right? it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, mm, I'm with you on that so one. I, <laughs> I'm with you on the age one, too. Did I miss it? I'm turning 50 in September. So, yeah, I, I, I love this. I love the age discrimination, uh, the prevention of age discrimination as, as a core foundation of, of I-1000. I love that. Right. Sorry, so that's so that's how I really gotten a passion for supporting this. And I really want to make sure that people know that these are some of the things that I-1000 is going to implement and make sure that it protects people who have not been represented, get represented in, in you know, public education, with schools, mm-hmm. in public contracting, public employment as well, too. Um, we have teachers that aren't representing the, the population that they're serving. Mm-hmm. So we definitely want to be able to get... Um, or groups to do outreach to get people hired on that represent the people that they're serving. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that really um, ticks me off that's been happening in the state of Washington is that um, small businesses, women and people of color, small businesses Mm -hmm. have lost close to three, three and a half billion dollars in what they could have earned um, over the past 20 years. 
mm-hmm. because of a thing called I-200 mm-hmm. that took away affirmative action um, rules in the state of Washington. And I want to see that money come back because you take away that amount of money from uh, communities. Think of the things that they have missed out on in mm-hmm. without that money. Paying for um, higher education for their children, um, p- buying houses, you know, that, that wealth and that having that collateral has been lost. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that that is rightfully mine and other people of color, you know, other um, non-represented, underrepresented populations get that money back and be starting to earn the money that they well deserve and have those rights and not be discriminated in those areas. All right now, sister. The, you two are amazing. There's so much we can talk about. This is clearly not a political show. And what I like about this is what you guys are doing is just like power to doing good things. Just like good people doing great things. It has nothing to do with politics, in my opinion. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's basically saying there's a fundamental principles around equality that you all are fighting for. And, and I love that. And Jesse, a little bit more on the background, real quick. So you said you were in the legislature for 10 years. And, yeah. and as we were chatting previously, you shared there was three specific um, initiatives that you're most uh, probably known for. Can you share with this listening and viewing audience a little bit about that, just so that they're clear? And thank you, Julia, that was beautiful. But just so they're clear, the two of you, a dynamic duo, and there's a whole coalition of people like you. But can you tell us a little bit about what you've done, your, your, your history, your background? Yes, I, I served in the Washington State Legislature for 10 years. And uh, in that 10 years, I ended up uh, sponsoring over 3,000 wow. uh, pieces of legislation um, uh, to help people from all corners of Washington State, eastern and western Washington. Um, but I think the ones that uh, when whenever uh, people uh, talk about my accomplishments, number one is the uh, bill to create the state holiday that we all now celebrate in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I love that. Um, and that, it, that's huge because we're in King County. Yes, Martin Luther King County. That's huge. And yes. it wasn't an originally named Martin Luther King County. Right. It was King County named after a different king. Yes. And so I just love the idea that we are celebrating because every state still does not celebrate MLK as a national holiday. Am I correct? Uh, uh, you're right. Not every state in America celebrates it as only the Dr. King birthday. But what we've got now is mm-hmm. pretty much 100 percent. All 50 states have a holiday that is dedicated to civil rights or justice or mm. equality. And so some states uh, uh, include King with other civil rights okay. leaders. So they call it Civil Rights Day. But most of the states in okay. America have have joined the, the, the federal government in uh, celebrating Dr. King's birthday as a state holiday. We were one of the first 13 states to do wow, so. Wow, that's awesome. Um, the second uh, piece of legislation that I, that I am personally proud of is the $100 million link deposit lending program. It's specifically targeted to help women-owned businesses, uh, minority-owned businesses, and mm-hmm. veteran-owned businesses to, to get uh, financing for their businesses as a lo- at a lower rate than what they can get it from the commercial banks, mm. and so that has uh, uh, gone extremely well. And then, and then finally, uh, the one that I think helps most of the young people in this state—it's called Youth Build. Uh, that's all one word, mm-hmm. and Youth Build basically takes young people who have had. Uh, first offenses with the law as juveniles, and instead of them serving time, 
we actually uh, take either a gun or drugs out of their hands and replace it with tools. The building trades uh, is able to uh, bring them into apprenticeship training programs and then certify them so that they can be journeymen or journeywomen and move up the ranks in the construction industry. I, I mean, these are huge. Each one of these things independently is huge. And I don't want to, like, not that you need me to say anything that's going to pump you up because you, your ego is not a problem for you. Would you agree with that? <laughs> not a problem. But I had someone say who I actually <laughs> love and respect, Lynn Simpson, who is owner of Lynn Can Builders. He actually came into my house and rid me of black toxic mold. So thank you, Lynn. And what Lynn said about you is, I was in a Table 100 meeting, and he was like, you got to meet this guy. You got to meet Jesse Weinberry. Um, he didn't know we had actually, you know, connect. Someone else said the same thing to me. But he's like, he's like, when I first met him, I thought he was the next. He was like a young, he reminded me of a young MLK. Well, that's a, that's a very orbit galaxy high compliment. <laughs> exactly. Yes. He went on and on and on to say that anything <laughs> that you're a part of, he would support He's like, you have your heart in the right place. You're work, you've worked for the people for years. So I just got to tell you, you have a, a, you know, some, some, some huge supporters in the community. And thank you for, for the work you've done. So we at least have one person that's going <laughs> to vote for I-1000. Okay, so we only got 999,000 more to go. So thank you, Lynn Simpson. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you. You're funny, too. I like that. So what I, what I love about you is so you worked 10 years in the legislature. You've talked about these amazing few of the things you've done. How does that, you know, that, that experience help you in the work you're doing right now with I-1000? And for those listening, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the history of I-1000. We're going to go into the background. But just talk a little bit about, you know, the experience that you have and how that supports this work. Well, I love I-1000. I love I-1000 because, uh, one, you can focus on one thing that helps millions of people. Mm. Um, it, you, can, you can focus on uh, one state, uh, your home. You know, in my case, it's my home state. And uh, I, I, I was devastated when I learned uh, uh, that 20 years ago, uh, a guy by the name of Tim Iman had uh, put in uh, an initiative called I-200 that targeted two uh, groups of people, all women and all people of color, to kill affirmative action to enable them to get a college education, uh, a a, a job with their state, county, local, or municipal uh, government, or to be able to uh, uh, compete for contracts to do business with, with the government. And that has been devastating. As Julia has pointed out, Communities that used to be very vibrant Mm -hmm. have been destroyed, literally, because you cannot take $3.5 billion out of any community, particularly Mm -hmm. women and minority communities, and have it uh, survive. And as a result, they have not survived. The the unemployment now uh, of of African Americans and Hispanics Mm -hmm. is higher in Washington State than it's ever been. The the normal unemployment rate is around 3% for everybody. But for African-Americans, it's more than double that. It's 7% unemployment. Wow. For Hispanic community and Latinx community, it's, it's uh, uh, 6% unemployment, so it's actually double. And so you cannot have a, 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 good, a good percentage of the talented people who live in this state who are being denied education. How much you learn determines how much you earn. So if you're denied an education, then obviously you're not going to be competitive in the job market. And if you're not able to get a job, it's hard to get the experience that you need to start your own business one day. 
And so we're trying to bring diversity back to Washington State with I-1000 to enable opportunity to be available for everyone, no matter uh, what your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your military status, whether you're physically or mentally disabled. Everybody needs to have that fair opportunity to contribute. And the unique thing about Washington is that we're one of the few states that have these barriers in our laws. Uh, 42 out of the 50 states have vibrant affirmative Mm. action programs where they recruit and engage in outreach to actually uh, train young people and bring them into the workforce. Uh, We have to join the rest of the nation by uh, putting equality first. And that means when you get your ballot, just vote to approve I-1000. The legislature has already done it. They put it into law. All they're asking now from the people is that you approve what they've already done. Mm. Drop the bike. Drop the mic. <laughs> I'm just saying. So that's awesome. So, Mike, what we're going to do is I'm going to actually um, showcase a little bit on the um, Julia. You shared the website. You guys, can you say what the website is? ApproveI1000.com, I think it is. Oh, ApproveI1000.com. Yes, that's right. And, and this is where people can go to get more information about the history, the background, you know, what it is. We're going to just peel back the onion just a little bit because we've been saying I-1000. You guys talked about what it's going to do. Do you want to break down just a little bit um, more about what it creates? I love that there's it's broken down into very three specific goals and objectives. You want to talk about that, either one of you? Sure. Well, the with this initiative, there's going to be created um, a commission, a mm-hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion commission that's going to be monitoring and ensuring that these um, – what I-1000 uh, creates will be implemented. So, And I love that. So you don't need this. I just flipped this around, but apparently you, you've oh. been doing this for a while. You don't need this. You don't need to reference this. Then I'll keep it to myself. I'm taking notes, too. So what I love about this is creates a Washington State's first Governor's Commission on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. This is huge. This is huge. And when I first met you, you were talking about the history, and I'm like jaw-dropping going, wow, really? The $3.5 billion, you know, that, that changed, you know, wealth and equity, you know, within our community. But when you talk about this commission, because you can have any number of, of ideas, ideals, right, on what you want to accomplish. But unless there's some type of governing body that is going to help associate accountability to what you're identifying, it's really, you know, the, 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 the likelihood that you're going to create systemic change and change things for generations to come is minimal. So the fact that this is number one, it's going to create a commission. Let's talk a little bit more about that. This commission will have the ability to do what? Well, number one, representation, because we believe that every citizen out there is a stakeholder. Mm. in uh, the purpose and goals of, of Initiative 1000 and a stakeholder in their, in their government. And so we, we've always believed that it was important to put in place something that didn't exist in 1998. Part of the reason why Tim Iman could mount an initiative to kill affirmative action is because there was, there was no protective agency mm. to defend it. And so uh, step one is the Governor's Commission. That involves over 26 people from state government, local government, community organizations, uh, uh, civil rights, social rights, uh, actually will they will be able to nominate uh, representatives on the commission. The governor appoints them, and uh, it's it's nonpartisan. So w- no matter it. whether you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent, 
uh, you can serve on this commission. I should also point out that even I-1000 is bipartisan. Uh, our, one of our honorary chairs is former Governor Daniel uh, Evans, Republican. Another one of our uh, uh, honorary chairs is former Democratic uh, Governor Christine Gregoire, a, a Democrat. Uh, it's, a, it's been endorsed by Governor Inslee, a Democrat, but it's also being partially funded by William Warehouser <laughs> of so, the Warehouser uh, Fortune, a Republican. So it's really uh, it. everyone is, uh, is in full understanding that, that this is to benefit uh, everyone in Washington State, regardless of your party affiliation. And that's what the, the commission will do, except over the long term. I love it. Mike, real quick, if you can flash to the screen, I'm just going to just have you guys visualize some of the names you just called out. So you basically said the honorary co-chairs? They're honorary co-chairs, yes. You have uh, Governor Dan Evans to the far left. Uh, he's he's not only a Republican governor, he's the longest-serving governor ever in Washington State. Wow. He, uh, most governors have served for maybe one term, which is four years, or two terms, which is eight years. He served for 12 years, wow. so three four-year terms. He's the only governor in the history of Washington to do that, one of the few governors in the history of America. And then you, wow. have, and then you have Christine Gregoire. Christine Gregoire uh, it was governor for two terms, but before that she was the state's attorney general, mm. uh, elected statewide, and, uh, and yep. has come on board. Uh, she was one of the governors that extended my link deposit program, which was orig originally a $50 million program, we worked with her and got it extended to the $100 million program that it mm. is now. And I can't say enough about Jay Inslee. Not only is he our governor, uh, completing two terms, former presidential candidate, uh, the only voice that was consistently and exclusively for climate change, but he endorsed I-1000 very early. He put it in his state of the state address, urging the legislature to endorse it. And then he helped us lobby those legislators in the House and Senate to pass it into law. We are, so, we're definitely inviting Jay Inslee to the show. I actually met him at um, an event after I met you and you sung, you know, you sang his praises as well. I'm like, let me do a little research on the Jay Inslee. And two or three people actually invited me to an event and he was there and I have a photo with him, et cetera, et cetera. So we do plan to invite you here, Jay, because I think to your point, for him to be able to talk about and actually not talk about it, but be about it. Like he right. signed this, this was approved through, through the Washington State Legislature. What was the date? The, it was approved uh, very late one night on uh, April 28th, uh, Sunday night of 2019. It's a date I'll never forget. Wow. And uh, Governor Inslee mm -hmm. was in the wings of the House and the Senate as I watched him pulling legislators aside and saying, listen, this is really important to our state mm. and uh, we need you to vote for it. And I so the, it. for the first time in 20 years, we got not only the House and Senate to vote on uh, bringing diversity back, but they made the decision to bring it back, and now we just need the people to approve mm, it. That's awesome. So we have a few other honorary chairs real quick, Mike. I'm still on your site. This is on the approveI1000.com um, site. Any of these? I mean, lots of amazing people, it looks like, who are supporting Well, we have initiative. another governor. I mean, the Governor Gary, Gary Locke, Locke, who was a two-term governor, the only Asian-American to ever be elected governor of any state in mainland America. Of wow. course, that doesn't include Hawaii, but in terms of the contiguous mm -hmm. United States, he's the only one in the history of planet Earth to be able to do this. Wow. And, he, and he didn't stop there. He became a member of the Obama administration as Secretary oh. of Commerce 
and ultimately ambassador to China. Wow. Uh, he's one of our honorary co-chairs as wow. well. Tons of people, congressmen, you got uh, just just tons of individuals here that are supporting this. Now let's move on to the history. We can either look at it here or we can go back here to your home page where you actually talk about, Mike, real quick. We're going to actually have you focus on the, the second thing that the I-1000 creates. So we have this commission on equity and inclusion. And well, the 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 main purpose of I one thousand is to is to uh, prohibit discrimination of of anyone mm-hmm. because of their age, because of their disability, because of their race, because of their gender, because of their sexual orientation, um, and and because of their military uh, background or yes. status. And uh, that is when you add up the people. Who are who it's are <laughs> citizens and residents of Washington State? That's pretty much everybody. I mean, it, when we say women, that's over fifty-one percent of the seven million population. And then age. And then age. And that's another twenty-five uh, percent. And so yeah, there's very few people who are left out uh, in terms of benefiting from I one thousand. Now, the thing that I, that I heard you say in some of our, in our prior conversations, you talked about the the, the support that you have. From, from Washington State residents. And I want people not to kind of rest on their laurels, the fact that, well, everyone supports it. It's pretty popular. They still have to vote. So let's talk about the actions that you want people to take and the win, right? So what what are the, what do they need to do? What, what can people expect? So they're not going to the polls to vote. They're going to receive something in the mail. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, the waves of the mail outs and what people can expect and what you need for them to do. Okay, so... The first mail-out is going to be September 21st, It's my understanding, right? And that is going to be going out to people who are overseas or in the military. And that's close to, I think you said 70,000? 70,000 voters. 70,000 voters. A lot of people. That's the first wave (laughs) of um, ballots that are going out. And then the second wave is going to be going out October 4th. And that's going to people who are outside of the state. And then the third wave uh, ballots are, is going to be going out October, uh, the third week of October 14th, 14th. October 14th. And that's going to be going out to every person in Washington state, all so, the voters. So basically you're saying check your mailboxes for most of us on October 14th. Well, that's when they'll mail it out. So anytime between the 14th and maybe a week after is when you'll be receiving your ballots. And, wh- and what's your deadline? Like you're saying they're going to get it October 14th-ish, right? And when do they need to get it back in by? Well, November 5th. Well, but we want it in earlier. We want to make sure that they get it in before November 5th because it needs to be in the ballot by November 5th. I think it's 7 p.m., something like that. Well, basically, as soon as you get it, we're saying it. rush it to the... Put it in your mailbox. Well, it, we so you, there's drop boxes all over the oh. state, depending on what county you're in. Okay. Uh, the counties provide drop boxes. But uh, the good news mm-hmm. is that for most of the time that Washington has been voting by mail, mm-hmm. w- the, the state has not paid for your postage. And so the good news is that you don't have to pay for your postage. And so you can mail it in. It's postage-free. It's obviously going to come to you postage-paid. But uh, as awesome. of last year, the the uh, the Secretary of State began paying for the uh, postage of of your ballot to be returned. So there's no excuse. It's going to come to you free. You don't have to go out to the polls and 
and withstand the rain or cold <laughs> in November uh, because there's no polls. And, and you don't have to pay to send it back in. So No excuses, you, people. No excuses. You get your ballot. You vote to approve I-1000 and vote for your local candidates for county and city, school board, and then mail it back in. We uh, keep your eye on our website, which is approveI1000.com, because there are people uh, who have come to us and ask if they can organize ballot parties, which I think is a cool idea, mm. uh, leading up to November 5th, so that, for example, uh, one uh, lady is in Tacoma, and she said, I think I'd like to have a Halloween Eve ballot par- party, which means on October 30th, there's, in, somewhere in Tacoma, there's going to be this place where you go, you party, maybe you wear a costume, maybe you come as Donald Trump or you come as, <laughs> you know, Bernie Sanders or what have you, uh, and you show up and you have some fun and you get in for the party with your ballot. You don't have to pay as long as you have your ballot. Oh, you, so basically you're dropping the ballot off there and you're they're going to mail them in. Uh, no, they're, 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 we're going to have, uh, she's organizing, it's in Pierce box. County. A Pierce County elections officer is going to be at the party and have a big bag. And at the end of the night, everybody's going to see their ballots go in the bag and off to uh, oh, Pierce County elections. So, I love yeah. that. So, so that's the one young lady who's, who's talking about organizing that in Pierce County. And we're going to try to make that contagious so that there's other people in other counties who want to have a Halloween Eve ballot parties. Uh, I think it, it can be fun and you make a difference. I love it. My brain went to a bad place. So I'm going to stay focused. So, (laughs) Mike, (laughs) I love the idea if it works, if all parties are aligned with that goal. I love it. So, Mike, we're going to have you flash again to the ApproveI1000.com site. And basically, it's very simple. I love the fact how cleanly and clearly it's organized. Right. There's a home, there's an endorse and there's an about. We were just talking about all the amazing governors and all these wonderful people who've endorsed this, who are part of your honorary chairman for for this initiative. But then we, we look at very three very simple things. It creates this Commission on Diversity, Equity and Inclusion, this governor's commission. One, Secondly, yes, ma'am. One thing I wanted to point out with that commission on diversity, yes. equity and inclusion is that, you know, we have different um, people of color commissions like there's the uh, Hispanic Commission on Hispanic Affairs, mm-hmm. and you know the the African Americans have one as well too. So there's different uh, commissions. Uh, however, the one population that has not had a a voice or a representation on a commission has been the LGBTQ mm. uh, population. So this commission will include them as having a voice on a commission for the first time in the state of Washington. I understand, right, Jesse? That's right. That's right. I mean, there may be members of the LGBT community that are on commissions, but this seat is for a oh, member. Specifically yes, identified. Right, nice. For LGBTQ. And yes, it is the first time that that's happened in Washington state history. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. So we're going to go through the three things again, Mike, real quick. Are you flashing the screen? I'm going to have you just show it real quick. Three things creates this Washington state's first governor's commission on diversity, equity, and inclusion. It redefines affirmative action to provide equal opportunities in education employment, entrepreneurship for the following groups. Love it. And then it says it expands affirmative action, which currently only covers Vietnam era disabled veterans to now include all honorably discharged veterans. Yes, I'd like to speak to that just briefly Please. because it's, 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 it's huge. For, for, um, since 1985, the only veterans who have been entitled to affirmative action and employment 
have been Vietnam era and disabled oh. veterans. That means anyone who's fought in any war, whether it be, wow. it, be it the, the Gulf War or Desert Storm or Operation Freedom or any of the, I think there's been like 20 different wars that have been fought. Those individuals who come back and are not injured are not uh, eligible for affirmative action. So one of the things that we've done in I-1000 is to expand affirmative action to include all honorably discharged veterans, no matter what war they fought in. I love it. Jesse, one of the things you said to me, which I thought was so important, and I think I'm, I'm now uh, back on the website again, is that you define uh, affirmative action or you redefine af- affirmative action. And I think a lot of people don't know what that means. They're like quotas? Is it numbers? Like, let's go backwards. Let's talk a little bit, Mike. I'm, I think if you can flash real quick. Again, we're at the Approve I-1000 website just real quick if you can just show this page but it's you're being very clear you're creating the following new washington state laws but you're redefining affirmative action why is that important for people to really understand what it is and what it is not well that's a good question because affirmative action when it was first created was created first uh by in word by president former president uh john f kennedy and uh, he was the first uh elected official to put affirmative action in our federal laws and at that time, it meant uh, for private contractors who were doing business with the federal government to hire a certain number of women, hire a certain number of Hispanics, hire a certain number of Asians, Native Americans, African Americans. And that's known as quotas because you're not trying to get a percentage that may reflect the population. You're trying to get 10 or 5 uh, women or 10 African Americans. Well, that was uh, overruled. In 1979, in a, in a Supreme Court case known as Bakke versus University of California at Berkeley, it basically prohibited quotas. But all, but but from but from in the 60s when President Kennedy was was president to 1979, a lot of the states still had quotas on the books as part of affirmative action. Washington was one of them. So one of the things we did when we came in, we prohibited quotas. We banned. We, well, hold on. Let me make sure we're clear. You're saying we with I-1000. Right. So there was, a, there was a process that happened that got rid of affirmative action called I-200. I-200 got rid of affirmative action. And you're action. basically saying we're redefining this concept of an affirmative action. So there are no quotas. No to quotas. To be very clear. So I'm looking here. It says redefines affirmative action. Keep talking. I'm sorry. I just wanted to pause so people understand the we. I-1000 redefines affirmative action. Right. By prohibiting, banning quotas, and banning preferential treatment. And so, I mean, I think this is important. Yeah, that's very important. Because you've been doing, you've been, you've been working this and living this for a while. I'm relatively new, so I just had to pause for those who might be watching, thinking it's an affirmative action. And I don't know about that. How how is that going to affect me? This is about equality. This is there is no quotas. Banned. Banned. Yeah. Keep talking. I just had to pause you for a minute. You can say it again. Yeah. I Ban- won't interrupt you. Yeah. Banned uh, preferential treatment. Banned quotas. Uh, because we want everyone to have an equal opportunity to compete for a seat in college or compete for a job or compete for a contract if they have their own business and want to do business in the state. And so there, there's no set quotas. There's no preferential treatment. And, and, and we believe that it will work because we've seen it work in other states. Mm. Like I said, uh, affirmative action right now is in 42 out of the 50 states. Mm. It's working very well. Opportunities are, 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 are soaring for people enough so that there's a number of people who are born and raised in Washington State who have left 
and they've gone to other states where the opportunities mm. are greater, where the pay is greater, where the chances of getting into a, a good school are greater. And now wow. they're living in other states, so we've lost that talent. Wow. And so part of the reason that, that I-1000 is important to people like Julia and myself is because we can keep the young talent, the next generation mm. here, by opening the doors of opportunity. I love helping. S- something else I'd like to add to that is that, um, let's be clear what I-200 did, is they went ahead and uh, put in their campaign as far as what that was on the ballot initially this 20 years ago was they called it the equality campaign bringing back equality and what that meant to them was that they didn't want um, people of color women to uh, be treated differently Uh, they wanted them to be treated equally so they wanted any of the rules or any of the laws that were protecting women and people of color to be taken away so that way everything would be equal. And so when they say everything equal, that meant that there's no outreach that needs to be done to women or people of color. There's no um, uh, extra, you know, no, no funding for outreach, no for recruiting, the way they were recruiting mm-hmm, women mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. of color. They didn't want that. They wanted that to be gone. They want to say, oh, everybody should be treated equal as us white men because it was, you know, that's who mainly were, were pushing this. You know, and so what has happened over the 20 years is that look at contracting. Contracting has now historically been going to white men, male owned contracting businesses. I think I heard someone. Was it you? And one of our and one of the you, you tend to throw out a lot of numbers, Jesse. Don't act. Don't act shy. You said something about the perc- or maybe it was um, Nat. We talked about the percentage of contracts. It wasn't like a number, like the percentage of 97, 90, 84, some huge percentage of all contracts go to. Um, well, the, the secretary of the Department of Transportation uh, has uh, underscored what Julia has pointed out. Uh, the secretary of all of the transportation mm-hmm. industry, he said that 80 percent mm. of the uh, contracts go to white males that are only 38% of the population. And that's not from I-1000. That's not from, uh, you know, a, a progressive or liberal think tank. That's from the data that has uh, wow. been released and announced by the Secretary of the Department of Transportation, who happens to be a white male. And, and that's the 3.5. That reflects the $3.5 billion that you're talking about because you're basically saying once the protections were taken away... Right. There was a, a inherent discrimination that was then built into the laws. And so now let's get back to I-1000. What I-1000 does, again, it redefines affirmative action, prohibits quotas, defines preferential treatment and bans that as well, expands protections for seniors from age discrimination in public education and contracting. I love that. Let's talk about that. And what's the Jump Rope King's name? His name is Nat Jackson. Nat Jackson. And there's a commercial out with Nat and someone else talking with about this With Governor age. Dan Evans. Yes. Oh, okay, I love well, you, it. You have Governor Dan Evans, who's 94 years old, and he goes hiking <laughs> in the Cascade Mountains at least uh, two or three times a summer. And then you have uh, Nat Jackson, who's 76 years old, and he jumps rope for a living. <laughs> I mean, literally, he's the jump rope king. He's broken all the records for the National Jump Rope Association. So we figured, hey, the, the, who, who, <laughs> who, better? who better than these guys <laughs> to talk about AIDS discrimination? And, and here's what's going on. 
um, the older we we get, the closer we get to retirement. And those of us who have not retired yet mm-hmm. are go- are in for a shock. And the people <laughs> who have retired have already been shocked. And here's the shocker: retirement and Social Security doesn't pay all the bills. Not even close. And so the good news is that the advancement in medicine and 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 health consciousness has enabled many of us to live longer. But the bad news is you're living longer, but your income is not is not there to sustain you. So a lot of people are looking to go back to work because they're still in good shape. They've still got great skills and they have more experience mm-hmm. than they've ever had. But they're finding that the doors are closed to them to get the skills mm-hmm. they need and the training they need educationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that uh, they want to start their own business, but they're discriminated against when they bid on contracts. Because they're 76 years old. Yeah, they're they're, like, right, is he going to be around? Right. <laughs> so... And so, and so there's already protections against age discrimination in employment, but that's where it begins and ends. I-1000 expands it to protect seniors who are going back to school and protect it. seniors who may be going into business for themselves so that, uh, uh, I mean, nobody should be discriminated because of their age. Nobody. Right, especially since I'm getting up there. I'm definitely down with that one. Um, I'm sorry. It also... Um, you talked about the expanding affirmative action to include honorably discharged veterans, and I have a special special place in my heart for, for veterans. So thank you for everyone who has uh, served in any way. And you're basically saying now all honorably discharged veterans yes. will have some protections in place. And then it goes on to expand the term sexual orientation to all state uh, anti-discrimination laws. Right. Uh, one of the, the shocking parts of, of our laws, there's been uh, an, a, 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 an effort, a movement uh, led by one of my former uh, seatmates, Cal Anderson and, 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 and others in the, in, the, uh, in the LGBT community to um, provide civil rights for mm. people and regardless of who they love. And what happened was they passed it, but it only applied to employment and housing and insurance. Mm. Not education, wow. not contracting. Wow. And so, again, similar to what we did with seniors is we expanded the sexual orientation so it prohibits discrimination in education based on uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, or sexual orientation yes. status and also in contracting. And, and uh, uh, it's one of the reasons why we received the endorsement of groups like the Greater Seattle Business Association, the Premier LGBTQ organization in North America and why uh, a number of uh, groups and organizations and individuals in that community across the state are out actively uh, encouraging uh, people to approve I-1000. So what else can people do? First of all, I, I'm, I'm, I love this and I'm, I'm the least political person you'll ever meet. Like I, I really am. I, I don't <laughs> watch the news. I just kind of, you know, I decided couple years ago that I was just going to make the world a better place. That's when I started doubling down on the, the show and the book. I have a series. I mean, I'm literally just bringing, doing everything I can to help good people do great things. So well, this, there are laws that can be put into place so that we can have a better place. To right. Work. No, yeah. I, but what I'm saying is this is amazing. Like for me, this is like MLK type, you know, people out there standing up for everyone. This is protecting everyone. This is like Helping good people, the good people of Washington, the ask is that you approve I-1000 to help, again, you good people do great things, to help everyone do great things. I mean, this is all like a no-brainer, right? I mean, like you said, it's not about political affiliation. It's just 
helping good people do great things, bringing equality back to Washington State. Some things I want to bring up is a little bit about what the uh, opposing side is saying. When I went to Olympia to hear the testimonies in support of I-1000, there were some racist things being said by some groups. And one of them, for example, was that, you know, well, why should people who aren't qualified, why should African-Americans who aren't qualified get into college, to university? Like, I've worked hard, and there was uh, several people from the, uh, who were Chinese immigrants who were particularly fearful of losing spots to get into university. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something that was brought up time and time again that they, they feel like we're not qualified. And I know Jesse said something about not qualified is not an option because there's language in there that says you must be qualified. That, that's not the well, issue. There isn't any, any data to prove that uh, people aren't qualified. No, no. Yes, so, yes, and so. that, that is a true statement. But what I'm saying is the law, very specifically, according to some things you shared with me in the past, like it specifically says you must be qualified. It's not like right. I, I realize that people can say whatever they want to say. This is the positive psychology show. So we don't we don't even care what, what people say. Well, this is about facts. So we, can you tell us a little bit about the concept of qualifications like you must be qualified period is that end of story yes well the uh, it's in i-1000 we say in i-1000 that the only uh, individuals who can take advantage of these educational employment and contracting opportunities are those who show first that they are qualified based on their experience based on their education based on um, their their resume that they've that they've uh, prepared i mean no one that i know of can get admitted into a college or university <laughs> Unless you do well on the LSAT, I mean, not SATs the LSAT, but the SATs, and, yeah. and, uh, and you bring some good grades. So that's where the qualifications begin. But we, we are, what we're doing at the same time is removing the barriers. Mm. We're removing the impediments that were constructed by I-200. I for, love and, it. and then uh, creating a bridge for many of those that just have not had a voice to, to enable them to, to move forward, like people who are seniors, like military veterans, like the disabled. And so we really are, are doing what the mission statement says in terms of diversity, equity, and probably the most important word is inclusion, including I everybody. It. I love it. Jesse, I'm going to have you read. I just love how simple the statement is. So for people, when you get your ballot, what was the date again? Most of us will get it on... October 14th, 14th, yeah. 14th, some, some, some earlier if you're out of the country, or out of the state, et cetera. But if you're living in Washington, you're a citizen of Washington, you're registered to vote in Washington, most likely you will get it after October 14th. And can you read this, read the statement of subject and then the concise description? These are two sentences. It's very simple. And they're voting yes or no. Well, the first says the legislature passed initiative measure 1000 concerning affirmative action and remedying discrimination, and voters have filed a sufficient referendum petition on this act. And then the second sentence is, Initiative 1000 would allow the state to remedy discrimination for certain groups and to implement affirmative action without the use of quotas or preferential treatment in public education, employment, and contracting. The final ballot question is, should I, I'm sorry, should Initiative 1000 be approved or rejected? And obviously, we are encouraging people in Washington State to vote that it be approved. Approved. Approve. Approve I-1000. We have five minutes left. And what I like to do in the show, my last five minutes, I call it the, the, the surrender and soar moment, right? It's kind of a, an action moment where we pause and reflect. You like that? 
You, you like that? So we're doing story. You know, we get excited. We get kind of like into this conversation. So what are you going to look into the camera and tell people, what do you want them to do? Why is this important? Just a little summary of, of, of our last 50, 54 minutes, right? I'll start with you. I'll come to you and we'll be very specific. What do we want people to do? I really want them to think about how, uh, Given the, the state that this country is in, where we have an administration that has been taking away the rights of people, taking away the quality of life of people, put implement, putting fear into people for being different. I want to make sure that we are protected in some way. And the state of Washington, the people in Washington have that ability, not just in Washington in case you're overseas, um, however, have that ability to vote approve I-1000 so that everyone can be uh, included. Uh, in, in the verbiage that's going to be on your ballot, it does talk about remedying discrimination because that, has, that is what has happened. Three and a half billion dollars has mm. been taken out of communities uh, that have been included, that have included women, people of color. Uh, what kind of future do you want for your children, for the youth who can go in and get accept, go to public education um, entities and get accepted into school, get a better education so they can get a better job. This will also prevent discrimination from them uh, trying to open up their own businesses, have a small, a small business. And we definitely do want to see um, people who hold some sort of power, something that they can call their own. I want something that I can call their, my own to say, look, I did this, I had to work hard to get it, and the rules in Washington helped me get that. So that way I, I'm not discriminated against um, the, the uh, white male power structure that is embedded into uh, structural entities needs to be taken down, needs to be broken down so that we can all share and partake in, in the great pie. You know, so I really want to make sure that I have um, no discrimination, that I'm, no barriers that is going to be left up to me. I love it. Le put so, in front of me. And again, I love the support from all these past governors. So, Jesse, we got two minutes left. Minute, well, I'll, I'll be minute, really. Yes, please. Yeah, I'll be really quick. I started uh, the interview talking about a lady named Mrs. Stokes. She was my second grade teacher. She removed an impediment. Mm. From me, a speech impediment. I'm asking the voters to be the Mrs. Stokes. I love it. I love it. For Washington State. Keep talking. Remove the main impediment in our way right now, and that's discrimination. And you can do it by voting to approve I-1000. Mm. Drop the mic. This is Tracy Harrell, and you have been enjoying It's Bigger Than Me. Because guess what? It really is bigger than me. And you have the power, citizens of Washington, those around the country. Because I also heard you say that people are watching. Like, we're one of the states where when this moves forward, we've done some work that other states are watching. That's right. Now is the time for us to make a change. Now is the time for us to connect and move things forward. This is Tracy Harrell, and it is bigger than me. Approve I-1000.